Welcome to a special season segment of the Season Review with the Brooklyn Grit. One of your hosts, Brandon, here, the Orlando Magic Edition. If you're looking for the hottest Nets gear, like Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving 7-Eleven shirts or individual shirts, look no further than Flatbush and Atlantic, the number one stop for Nets fans and Nets gear. Use the promo code GRIT, G-R-I-T, for an exclusive 20% off on your next order. Don't miss out on this opportunity. Get your shirts now. All right, Brooklyn Grit listeners, we have a special treat for you. Uh, this is a continuous segment of the season preview. We have the Orlando Magic. We have we have Mr. Harrington here, and, and he has a podcast called the Orlando Magic PC. Am I saying that right? Yeah, it's the Orlando Magic podcast. Our Twitter handle is uh, Orlando Magic PC. I got you. How long have you been doing this podcast for the Orlando Magic? Uh, just over two years now we've been doing this thing. That's awesome. So, coming into the Orlando Magic offseason, did you have any expectations? I know you guys had a lot of question marks coming off, like, a really inspiring season. I feel like us and you guys, like, we had very similar season where we got off. To, you guys got off to a good start, but then you guys, like, fell behind 10 games under 500. Then you guys really turned on the Jets um, towards February and later half of the season. Um, did you have any expectations of Aaron Gordon and Vooch and, and all your free agents where they were going to go? Yeah, that was kind of the question. The big question mark going into the offseason was, you know, are we going to switch to a youth movement and kind of go with our young core? Or are we going to retain guys like Vooch, um, you know, keep Terrence Ross, um, those guys around, or just completely switch young? And uh, I think that was the main question among Magic fans and um, you know, you know, what are we going to do with, you know, especially Vooch? I mean, he's, he was going to come at a pretty penny. And so we, we ended up, you know, cause we did have a great season. We ended up sticking with our, you know, with our guns and with, with Vooch and Ross bringing everybody back. So we're bringing the whole gang back. And, and, uh, you know, I, I did not expect that to happen. Honestly, uh, I didn't expect the magic to bring both Ross and Vooch back. I think, um, expected one or the other, um, but we we really are are up against the luxury tax line. But we brought everybody back, including Kim Birch, you know, potential third string center. But you know, we got everybody. So I think the management's really happy with the results from last year, and we just want to keep it rolling. Yeah, John Hammond kind of scared me because I've always felt like if you guys did have a successful season and you guys did make the playoffs that he would get complacent and, and, and coming from an outsider point of view, um, I feel like he did in a way, I feel like you guys are really loaded in the front court, especially with the four position because you guys got Aaron Gordon. You guys are trying to um, develop, you know, your two young guns, Bamba and then Isaac, who I think is going to be better than Aaron Gordon eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you guys just signed a in the offseason, which was another four. Correct. Um, yeah, you could argue that both Isaac Gordon, uh, both are more suited for the four position. Um, Isaac, I agree with you that he could be better next year than Eric Gordon, honestly. Um, but uh, you can argue those guys. You can argue like we did just sign Alfred Aminu, um, Chumo Kiki we just drafted. 
he's a four. I mean, we've got <laughs> so many bigs. It just it, it really is hard to kind of parse out what's kind of happening there. And I, I think it the logical side of me says, okay, well, they're, they're revving up for a trade potentially for a guard, you know, and using one of these young guys like an Aaron Gordon uh, as a trade piece. Um, however, I mean, you know, I think it's just kind of like who, who's going to develop, who, who do they like going forward? You know, Aaron Gordon wasn't originally drafted or, or traded for by this current management. So I, I could see that as a natural uh, separation for the management group. And that's, that's kind of on our podcast. Our, our take on Aaron Gordon is that we really like him and we think he's going to develop, but we also think he's the most likely to be traded. Yeah, that's what, that's what I thought. Um, I always put it together because Johnny Hammond did not draft Aaron Gordon. He has, like, no ties to Aaron Gordon at all. So right. throughout the offseason, when the season ended, the Nets' biggest weakness was a four, the stretch four position. Mm. And my main thing was – this was before the Kyrie KD thing. It was sign, re-sign D'Lo and trade for Aaron Gordon because I felt if – the right package came along to John Hammond. I felt he would be more likely to deal him for the right package, sure. which would be centered around, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie mm-hmm. and a couple other wings, which would give you guys a lot of wing depth, which you guys need. Yeah. I think, I think we looked at the same thing on our side saying that, you know, the nets seem like a logical trade partner, um, you know, a whole bunch of guards, uh, you know, whether it was going to be D'Lo or, you know, or Denwitty, you know, either one, honestly, was, you know, Denwitty, we love Denwitty in Orlando. So I think, uh, you know, either one, it, would, it sounded just kind of too perfect almost. But I, I, I don't know. I think the management, now that we have Fultz in tow, I think they're kind of avoiding getting another guard in play to not <laughs> interfere with his um, <laughs> whatever's going on. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Uh, <laughs> the mentality there, I don't, I don't know. It's a strange thing. We've been thrown into this now. We're starting, starting to feel kind of how the Sixers fans felt during this time. Uh, it's a whole big mystery. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens come this trade deadline if, if things start to, you know, get a little clearer as to where we're going with the four position. Speaking of Markel Fultz, I, I always thought – it would be intriguing even if he did, because I know they don't even have a timetable for him yet, which is really interesting to me. Um, mm-hmm. I always thought a uh, backcourt of Dinwiddie and Fultz would be really fun to watch. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think they would complement each other perfectly. Um, I think, uh, you know, I think Fultz, whether he gets a shot or not, it can still make an impact on the floor. Um and defensively and, and getting into the paint and such. But, you know, he, he and Dinwiddie would be, yeah, it'd be super interesting. And I think Aaron Gordon would fit in perfectly, uh, you know, on your roster. So I, you know, I think that who knows, it could happen still, but uh, obviously salary stuff, whatnot. Yeah, salary is going to be tricky now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> Especially with you guys having uh, the two maxes there. So, um um, yeah, but uh, yeah, don't don't remind me. You guys have Katie and, and Kyrie and, and that whole. Uh. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll see when they come back. But I still want to ask you, like, how how 
what were your feelings throughout your season? I know you guys had like a roller coaster season. You guys started out really well. I watched you guys were we were always in a tight race, so I was always paying really close attention to Orlando. Sure. So I watched you guys throughout the year. You guys were really hot to begin the year, beating some teams really impressive. You guys swept the Lakers. You you know, you guys beat some really impressive teams, especially at home. You guys played really well. Um, for some reason, um, you guys struggle a little bit on the road. But um, what did you guys think overall about your, your season last year? Yeah, I think it was a, it was really an, an up-and-down season. I think coming in, we had – I had very low expectations, um, you know, tried to uh, – coming in with a new coach, you know, we had, um, you know, Clifford coming in and kind of revamping the, the defensive scheme and the offensive scheme. And so it, it took a little while for us to get, um, you know, situated there. But then the last, I believe, is the 31 games of the season, the Magic went 22-9 and nine and just – it just clicked. Um, with, you know, one of the top defenses in the league during that stretch. And so I think something clicked there with Clifford system uh, and the magic and he, him using Vooch and, you know, on the high post and just really unlocking Vucevic and uh, using, using the, putting the guys in the correct positions. DJ Augustine really played above his head <laughs> most of the yeah, year. Yeah, he, he was, he was, he was good, especially in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, the game one in the playoffs. I don't think Magic fans will forget that too soon. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, I think kind of, you know, like the Nets, uh, you know, just had a great run this season. I think better than anyone could have expected. And making the playoffs is a huge step. Um, And I think no one, especially on the Magic side, no one expected that to happen. And I think the Magic are still being – overlooked this year because you know the magic are the sexiest team in the league i mean let's be honest yeah. but um i think i think that's good for the magic still i think b- the underdog role is where they thrive and you know quietly they're just going to become a good team and they're growing their young guys and their vets are, are still going to be good vooch you know I, I don't think he's regressing anytime soon it's not how his game is is you know his his game is not based around athleticism. He's not going to go away. He's only going to get better at the three three point line. And uh, so I think you know throw in the wild card of Mark Marco Fultz. Whatever you do with that, you know I, I don't know I don't know what you do with that honestly. But if he does work out, you guys gave up some pieces for him. I think you guys gave up some draft picks, right? Well, what we gave up was Jonathan Simmons which um, <laughs> was, it was a negative asset for us at that point. He yeah, not much. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then we gave up a future first-round pick, which is going to likely end up as two second-round picks, and then another second-round pick that we didn't own or that wasn't our original pick. And that's, well, what that's we good. Gave that's not too bad. I just hope Marco Fultz really turns around because he's a talented kid. He, can, he has some bounce in him. I'm not sure what is going on with him. Um, it, yeah, there was, it, there's some just, recent video that came out of him shooting the basketball, which, you know, freaked Magic fans out a little bit, and it got taken down very quickly. So he's keeping things under the radar purposefully. and But from what's been leaked, it looks like it's going in the right direction. So Hopefully so. I'm excited to see him because I've been – he was uh, a former – Used for one of the Nets' first-round picks, we gave up to Boston in that trade. So, 
That's true. He, he was a Nets pick, so I'm, <laughs> I'm very intrigued by him. Um, but another thing is, one thing I noticed after the playoffs, Nikola Vucevic got a lot of, I thought, was unfair criticism from Magic fans. How do you feel about that? I, I agree. I think uh, Vooch has uh, struggled, always struggled against Mark Gasol specifically. Um, but, I mean, the Raptors' defense, uh, I mean, there's a reason why they won the championship last yeah. year. I mean, they, I mean they, they completely locked him down. They focus in on, on Vooch, and the Magic just weren't prepared for that. And when Vooch gets shut down uh, with a team with that kind of length and athleticism, I mean – there's not too much more we have offensively. Um, and so Bush just wasn't prepared for that. I don't think the magic could really do anything after that. So I think the criticism just came to just went straight through our best player. Um, the guy was getting shut down and his stats didn't show, you know, anything necessarily, but I think he played his game. He played it the right way. He didn't make tons of mistakes or anything. He just got, you know, the defense was just focused in on him. And so I don't think you can put all the blame on, on Vooch for sure. Um, you know, obviously he, you know, he didn't have great games. He didn't, he didn't, I think the major criticism was he didn't rise to the occasion. And that's what Magic fans wanted him. He wanted him to take another, take his game to another level, but that's just not who he is. That's not his game. We know who Vooch is and, and he's a very consistent, steady player that, you know, pick and pop. He's not great on defense, but you know, you know, I don't know. He just he didn't take his game to the next level, and that's where the criticism comes for, comes from. And uh, but on the other on the other side, you have to realize who you're facing at that point, yeah. and and that's where the unfairness I think takes place. From my point of view, I thought the unfairness that Magic fans have taken into account. I think that was his very first playoff experience. It takes a little bit to get accustomed to that sort of physicality and difference adjustment of game because from what I understand from what players always say it's different from the regular season and the postseason when they can really zone in on your mistakes so the player has to make their own adjustments so I think that all was new to him I think if you guys make the playoffs this year which I'm expecting you guys to he'll be a lot better this year than he was last year absolutely absolutely I mean the experience that's why the experience and that's why you know, getting to the playoffs is, is so important because you have to be prepared to take the next step after this. And that's why, you know, there was Magic fans last season, tons of them that wanted to tank again. And I, I just don't see how that at this point is, is going to be helpful for the team. And I think you can see the benefits of winning now. Um, you know, obviously, you know, the, the Magic aren't a seller team anymore, which we had been for <laughs> years and years. And, yeah. And, you know, people trashing the team and whatnot, and we were tired of that. And, uh, and I think you can see now, like a guy, uh, a guy like Vooch gets into the playoffs, gets his experience, takes that into his, to the regular season next year, pushes into the playoffs. Now he's got playoff experience. Um, and now he can, he can take, now next year he can take his game to the next level in the playoffs, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. I, I 100% agree with you. Do you, do you think his contract meets his level or do you think he took a pay cut or do you think it's just right? Oh boy. I think, I think um, he, <laughs> my initial reaction was, Whoa, that's a lot of money. Yeah. Um, I think I expected in the range of um, 80 to 90 million, 
with some potential unlikely incentives to push it up to 100 million, but this is 100 million guaranteed, um, which is a lot of money uh, for Vooch. And while I, you know, while I said I think his game, you know, won't be negatively infected by his age, um, I don't know if if he's necessarily worth that much money um, to the Magic. However, I'm glad we kept him. My, my only thing is, did he have other offers? Because uh, I didn't see a lot. Mm-hmm. I think everything was playing out after the dominoes had a fall. So KD, Kyrie, Kawhi, I think Kemba, those players would have mm-hmm. went. And then I think Vooch's market would have opened up. Do you think you could have got him less if you guys waited a little bit longer? You know, I just don't think that's how the Magic want to handle their business at this point. I think there's been so much um, negative PR about the Magic. Um, and I think with players seeing how the Magic are treating their 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 own um, and bringing back their guys and treating them right, I think it's just a, it's a good look for the Magic. I don't think they necessarily overpaid that much that it's going to be like detrimental. Um, and, you know, he's got declining salary every year. So that was the structure of the contract's pretty good. Um, but yeah, if, if they would have waited a little bit and maybe been a little bit more, you know, I think, I think that's just, that's just, you know, deciding how you want to, you know, kind of treat the guys. And I think, they have a good relationship with his agent and he really wanted to stay there. So they're just like, let's just get a contract done. I'm sure they knew the value on the market. And if the magic were going to severely underpay them, he would, he would have walked. Yeah. That's, that's really interesting to think about. Now, one, one piece I thought you guys needed to bring back and you guys did was Terrence Ross. I think he, he has a likelihood of being candidate of six man of the year. The only problem is he's he's like your only wing scorer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he that's the that's the issue there is that I think everyone believes he could start for the team and he'd probably be one of our leading scorers if he played more minutes. Um, but he does he plays his role of six man really well, and he is really the only guy off the bench that we got scoring from consistently last year. And when he when he wasn't when he wasn't on. And the bench was out there. You saw the team suffer. I mean, we yeah. just lost leads. We, yeah, it was it was pretty rough. Um, I just want you guys to get a wing so Evan Fournier stops forcing those shots in the fourth quarter. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. I'm not a Fournier fan, um, so I, I think that's you know a big reason. I think everyone wanted uh, Nikhil Alexander Walker in the draft. Um, I thought we he could have been a nice replacement for Fournier in the future, um, but yeah, um, <laughs> I would I would really like a better uh, an upgrade on the wing. I think that's where everyone's kind of looking at right now. If if as long as Markel Fultz pans out or, or is you know playable at the point guard, I think shooting guard is our next position to to look at there. I certainly hope so because Fournier thinks he's a point guard and uh, like a top notch scorer in the fourth quarter for some reason. Under five minutes to go, if he has the ball, he's going to shoot it. <laughs> yes, yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt, Fournier is letting it fly, um, and it drives everyone crazy. And you see Magic Twitter uh, is, is not happy at that point. <laughs> They're like, trade him, trade him now, get rid of him, yeah. just cut him. <laughs> it, it's, it's, 
I find it very entertaining. I was just, I mean, he has some big shots, but you're going to hit some with the amount of volume shoots shots he takes in the fourth. So, yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to, I'm going to switch gears here. I just want to get your thoughts when Wal- Woj dropped that Woj bomb on the Nets sweeping uh, free agency, KD, Kyrie, and DeAndre Jordan, I guess, was the third wheel there. What was Orlando's initial thoughts and what was going through their minds? I think from an Orlando fan perspective, I think being uh, we were being a little selfish for, for us and thinking we potentially had a shot at, at D'Angelo Russell at that point. Um, <laughs> for some reason, we thought we had a shot. I don't know why, but I think that's what uh, most fans were thinking. Like, oh, good. If they get Kyrie, that means D'Lo's out. So that gives us a better shot. I, I feel that's... like there's like five <laughs> fan bases who were like doing the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I think that's just the initial thought. But then I was like, yeah, you know what? This probably isn't going to happen. Then you heard the Timberwolves stuff kind of pop up. And then you heard the Warriors do their thing. Um, and then we're like, all right, well, <laughs> I guess we uh, that was for nothing. Um, but, you know, I think – the Nets, I was like, okay, <laughs> they're legit now. I think, uh, you know, maybe not this year, but in a couple of years, I mean, you're talking legit contender. Um, and so I think, I think everyone's a little like, okay, we've got the new, we've got the new guy, you know, in the East now. So it was, uh, you know, it's a little scary to see another, you know, potential super team uh, forming in the East. So. I, I just wish KD wasn't injured because it seems like the NBA is only a two-star league finally again, like it was in the nineties. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I just felt like it was it was it's going to be very fun, and I'm I I really like Aaron Gordon. I really want him to be an All Star so bad. He is so talented. He improves every single year. I just want him to develop his offensive game so bad. So because <laughs> once he does, he is. He's literally going to become a star. I agree. I think he's and he's the the frustrating thing is that he's got that in him. We 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 all know he's we've seen it before. We've seen it. He just can't. He's not consistent with it, and he forces things occasionally. And uh, I think we saw him play inside of himself, you know, uh, a little bit better towards the end of the season. Um, and and so I think, you know, I think he can play that role. But I think we want more from him offensively too. Uh, we played through Vooch a lot last season, and I think Aaron Gordon needs some more touches um, in to, to build his confidence back on offensively. But once he does, man, you know, <laughs> look out. I mean, that guy is, you know, already defensively showing what he can do. Uh, and offensively, we know he, he just needs to use his athleticism a little bit more, uh, better one-foot one jumping, you know, once he gets in the lane. Because uh, his jump shot's coming around, um, you know, so – it's there. It's there. We're kind of just waiting. I, I mean, I, my prediction just our last podcast this last week was that Aaron Gordon will be the best player on the team next year. So I'm, I certainly I'm hope so. I hope that doesn't put a shadow in Jonathan Isaac though. Um, you know, I think Isaac is a different kind of player. I think, you know, from what I saw, um, was it last night? The, you know, the, the USA team played did their scrimmage. Saw Isaac play a little bit. looks like he's building out his base a little bit. I think he is a great especially right now he's like that guy he just kind of fits into whatever you need and so right now I think he can do anything you need him to do um and he could definitely be a breakout player this year I think 
I think my biggest fear is uh, Clifford had him at the three a little bit. Mm-hmm. My biggest thing is like I don't think he can guard every single three in the league. I think they he's they're too quick. Some of them are, mm-hmm. um, and he's not a very good shooter or scorer yet to be an actual wing. Sure, sure, yeah. He's, um, you know, from what I've seen, I think a lot of people think that 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 Isaac is a three and Gordon's a four and vice versa, and it's kind of confusing. What I've heard this offseason them talk a lot is to, to flip those roles, and they're kind of just interchangeable, but I think they're going to start using Isaac more, guarding guarding the bigger guy, guarding the fours, and, and you know, flip-flopping kind of like – you know, back in the day when Gordon and Tobias Harris were playing together, they kind of yeah. switched. They switched offense defense on those roles, and so I think that's something that they could could do with Isaac and Gordon as well. Man, you guys have so many talented players. You guys traded away. <laughs> <laughs> Don't remind me. I know. I know. I know. Dude, I I can't tell you how, how frustrated I was when that Tobias Harris trade went down. Victor Oladipo trade. I mean, just absolutely frustrating. We. We're no longer allowed to say uh, the name Rob Hennigan on our podcast. So that is a banned <laughs> word. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Man, at least at least he didn't give up your, like six, five to six years of your future for washed up stars. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, I understand. You guys went through a little rough, rough patch too. Uh, yeah, we're, you know, I think but we're both pulling out of it, right? I mean, especially oh. the Nets. <laughs> Uh, Man, yeah. could you? Our trade got compared to the Louisiana Purchase. That's how bad it was. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, that's pretty bad. Yeah, no, I think that's a that'll always be an infamous trade, um, and I don't think anyone's gonna forget it anytime soon. I mean, there's rules made for it. So, <laughs> I mean, I mean well, the Clippers found a way to like yeah. go about it this year. They gave up seven years of their future. Yeah, which is that's dangerous, especially with Kawhi shortening his deal. Um, both yeah. of them yeah yeah they could yeah. both leave so mm-hmm. they if they don't win a championship and they'll both leave whew. yeah that oh, would that would be rough but uh you know <laughs> i think okc would be okay with that but oh 100 <laughs> percent. yeah they're in good shape yeah yeah they've got a good good base and foundation to build on <laughs> for sure oh man so i'm gonna get into our final topic i just want your predictions uh for this upcoming season for the magic and the nets see where you both land them and what predictions you have, what seeds they get and all that stuff. Um, I mean, I think I've been a little conservative with the magic, you know, trying to, <laughs> I try to aim low a little bit and then be pleasantly surprised. But um, I think they'll land very similarly to, to where they did last year. I think around 500, maybe a little bit above. Um, so I think probably... you guys would be around 45 win team. That's where oh. I have you guys. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of where I, yeah, where I have us a little bit, you know, in that in that forty-two to forty-five range. I think that's that would be excellent. I think that'd be a good step forward, especially if we can play like we did in the last, uh, you know, twenty-two games or so. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, I think the continuity will help uh, for sure, and and the young guys taking steps forward. We can talk about Mo Bamba if he can figure out, you know. <laughs> how to stay ahead of Kim Birch in, in the rotation and stay know, healthy. Stay healthy. He's got to, he's got to play basketball. So he can't even play in the summer league, I guess. So, um, but yeah, I think, I think that's a good prediction. I think, I think we're looking at, you know, maybe uh seven seed, maybe fighting for the sixth seed. 
I think that's something that's realistic for the Magic this year. I agree. Um, yeah, um, that that would be great. I'd be happy with that. Um, and I think with the Nets, I think um, adding, you know, at least Kyrie this year, I mean, I mean, obviously he's going to improve uh, the team significantly. I think Kyrie is somehow underrated these days. Um, <laughs> um, but I think the whole locker room stuff has – has like negatively affected him, but I'm just like, okay, well, he's still one of the best point guards in the league. So, um, but I, I see the nets coming in, uh, you know, fighting for a home corner advantage, you know, definitely. I think the fourth seed is very, uh, open for the nets. I would, I, that's about where I'd put them fighting for the fourth and third fourth seed. seed. Yeah. That's where I had them. Um, rumors have it that Kevin Durant's injury is not as bad as it was reported. That's coming from some Nets reporters. Um, some of them have him rumored back to come in March, April. Interesting. So, so that <laughs> that could be a really big turn of events. When do you think he might be back? Gosh, I, I mean, if I, at I all look this at, season. Yeah, I look at it as, I mean, you kind of saw what happened with KD when they brought him back early last time. You know, where they when they brought him, he tried to get back for the you know the finals and. You know, was he rushed? Whatever. I don't know. But I, I mean, I just see the Nets viewing this as a long-term uh, asset and, and commitment with KD. And I don't see them trying to rush him back this year necessarily if, you know, if that's the case. But if it, if the injury really isn't that bad, I, I mean, I, I would trust, you know, the, the team doctors and say, okay, you know, you're good to go as long as he's got like, you know, at least 15 people saying it's okay. <laughs> yeah. To yeah, go. I agree. Um, you know, if he can make it back for the playoffs, that'd be awesome. But I wouldn't push it. I, yeah, I, I wouldn't either. I'm just, I'm just, it reports I've just gotten Nets Twitter just crazy. I don't <laughs> think, I don't think he comes back. If he does, somehow the Nets have to get into the second round or the conference finals for him to even have a shot to come back. That's my prediction. Sure, sure. And even that gives then, them a full year. Yeah. yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. I think if the Nets could, you know, that be might might be a uh, great motivator to try to get home court advantage for sure and, uh, you know, get get into the the second round. So Absolutely. Who knows? We could have a we could have a Magic Nets. Oh, man, I don't series. want to. I don't <laughs> like that just because I've grown to really fond of the Magic. And what my initial thought when Kyrie was leaving was, a game against the Magic on a Saturday night in Orlando when you guys beat them and Kyrie was arguing with some players at the end of the game. Yeah, I remember that, that was when I knew. <laughs> that was when I knew. Uh, that was, I mean, that was a, that was a good one. <laughs> that was a good game. Yeah, you that guys <laughs> completely destroyed them in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I love that but one. It was, you guys had many good games in January outside of Vooch's he won the game for the Nets in January. We'll say that. That's true. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that, but he 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 tipped the ball in for the Nets in crunch time. Then he offensive goaltended when it was yes. going to go in. Yes, I remember and that. And then I told memory I have now. <laughs> I, I tweeted <laughs> I tweeted that he could stay in Brooklyn if he wanted to. <laughs> Already playing for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> it seemed like he played for us that final minute, so I was yeah, pretty he, pleased. He does that occasionally. That's uh, you know. That's the Vooch uh, we all know and love. So <laughs> sometimes yep. he, 
Uh, well, absolutely, Andy. Well, I'm not going to waste any more t- your time. I'm going to wrap this up. I do really appreciate you coming on here. And please let Nets fans what podcast you are on again so they can go give you a follow. Sure, sure. Uh, it's the Orlando Magic Podcast. Uh, on Twitter, it's at Orlando Magic PC. Uh, we drop, you know, weekly pods about, about the Magic. We My co-host is actually a, a jazz fan. So he brings oh, wow. it. Yeah, he brings a uh, national perspective on the magic. And so we don't get super, uh, you know, too homery on, on the magic necessarily. And we talk a lot of uh, NBA topics as well. So we have a lot of fun. That's awesome. Well, I definitely appreciate you coming on, Andy. And you have yourself a great night, okay? All right, you too. Thanks uh, very much for having me. Thank you.